You're listening to the After The Show podcast, the weekly movie review show from your friends at ascully.com. It's pretty hot, and here's a tip for you, if you're really hot. Uh, clean out your PC, because yesterday I took my PC apart, stripped it all down, cleaned it out. It was full of dust. And this house isn't even that dusty, is it? No. My PC seemed particularly hot yesterday. And it turned out it was because there was dust in the heatsink. So I uh, dusted it all out. Good as new. I bet most people don't do that. No. <laughs> um, yours needs doing next. Mine isn't hot, though. You don't look at your temperatures. I know it doesn't hotter. It wouldn't have a problem, right? Uh, it's not the, not true. If you te- if the temperature on your computer is high, then f- stuff fails quicker. Right, but I haven't had any failures, so... Not yet. Mine's good to go. It needs cleaning out, I'm sure. So, um, it is Saturday, September the 8th, 2012, and this is after the show number 240... And the movie we're looking at this week is Snow White and the Huntsman, and this is the Blu-ray release. It's actually out on the 11th of um, September, which will be Tuesday. That's when you better pick it up. It's a 2012 movie. It's um, rated PG-13, and there's also an unrated version, which we watched, the unrated version, which is six minutes longer than the theatrical version. I'm not sure what's the different stuff are you? no I didn't even know there was two versions yeah which at the beginning it said do you want to choose theatrical remember you said, um, I, said, I knew it at that point I didn't know before that so I wouldn't have known I don't know anything about the differences right so the differences are like, it's unrated the, uh, the, the new version so the differences are likely to be violence and um, blood there isn't really any blood in this movie not really um, so I don't know what it would be. And theme? Themes, Possibly. maybe? Uh, but yeah, there are two versions. One six minutes longer than the other. Um, it's from our friends at Universal. There's no tagline for the movie apart from... Uh, the tagline was Summer. Just said Summer on every single poster. So that's not really a tagline. No. Um, so uh, Sid Talk here is going to uh, give you the synopsis of this movie, Snow White and the Huntsman. I think we all know what it is. It's the story of Snow White and a huntsman. You know, a young lady gets a horrible stepmother who's a wicked witch and has to overcome her, like her, the blackness of that woman's magic and darkness trying to, like, consume everything. And in the process, she has some adventures. Based on the fairy tale, which everybody knows... And most people actually don't know the fairy tale. They actually know the Disney movie, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think the majority of people in the world think of the Disney movie. But it was a grim fairy tale from a long time ago. I think it was before that, actually. Grim just then redid it. Little Snow White. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most people are familiar with um, dopey, bashful, sneezy. Right. Those guys. So, uh, yeah. Um, this is... Uh, Alright, onto the movie. This is like a reimagining of the story. Um, Now, the original story contains a huntsman, and the huntsman has got a bigger role. They've given him a bigger role in the movie, hence Snow White and the Huntsman. Um, But how I see this movie is, 
I didn't really know much about it. It's like um, Snow White meets Lord of the Rings. Um, like a re- more of a realistic. If you can, you know, it's not realistic. If you could have a realistic version of of Snow White, evil stepmothers and stuff, uh, and spell and witches and uh, yeah. trolls. If you could have a. You what know, do you mean meets Lord of the Rings? Because it's epic, like this big epic sweeping storyline you know and it feels epic too um the whole the cinematography the um the journey they all take take right I guess I I didn't it's not how you'd expect Snow White to be done it's more of a classic let's do Snow White but with like um trolls and uh all the trappings of a Tolkien thing like a that or an RPG game that you might play you know like Enchanted Forests and all that stuff which is not what you think of when you think of Snow White not really but so they made Snow White like as realistic as you could make Snow White without yeah but it isn't realistic because it's magical and um you know, that, Unlike Lord of the Rings, which isn't realistic. No, that's not <laughs> I, realistic either. But no. I mean, I mean, in the actual way it is set, grimy and medieval, and like you're going to a Renaissance fair, like that kind of theme, like a mm-hmm. old worldy. Because um, that's when it was originally written, right? Yeah, but they, but if you think of the original Snow White story, it's or spe- think of the Disney one, it's just not like that at all, right? Because I don't think of the Disney one because I've never actually watched it. So what do you think of the book? A book. Not any particular book at all. I think of... The story was read to you as a child or you read it? I think I've read it. So is it grimy to you originally? I remember seeing pictures that were like real artwork, not like cartoony. No, I've never seen like that. Like paintings of people and not a like cartoony looking so this is um like i liked it a lot i was thinking you know we watched red riding hood um last year which was another uh grim fairy tale converted into a movie which with horrendous results it was terrible right terrible we did not have favorable things to say about it this one's about a million percent more successful than that in converting a fairy tale to a modern kind Definitely. of a, a movie that you could that you can go with, um, and I I liked it. I really liked it. There's some really good things in this movie. Really surprising things that for I didn't, example fa- that I didn't know. Um, well, I don't want to spoil tons, but um, my favorite scene in the movie is the enchanted meadow with the fairies that are hidden inside magpies. Um, that just that whole thing was amazing, and I didn't expect that. Uh, it, when it when it came up, I was like, "Wow, this is." I didn't see this scene. I didn't foresee this scene in this movie. Um, obviously, they portray the seven dwarfs, eight dwarfs, six dwarfs. Starts with eight, and then they're down to seven by the end. Seven dwarfs, um, totally differently to what what you're used to. Um, see, it, I my imagining my thing of the dwarfs is that they're. Grubby, dirty, kind of shifty, kind of unappealing. What's the dwarf in um, Lord so of the Rings? To me, called? that's what they're they exactly me of right. Him. Yeah, but that's what I think of them as, and they're exactly right. Um, now, 
what what was fantastic about the dwarves is the technology that they used to bring them to life. And I just wish they'd used actual little people actors instead of famous actors, to be honest. I actually was blown away by what they did. I'm not saying I'm not blown away by the technology. I'm saying what's wrong with just getting a group of really good little people actors? It's been done of... a million times. What do you mean? Little people actors. No, I mean actual good little people actors. There are lots of I'm them. I'm saying there. they've done that. This is I've never seen this. They've done little people actors before, right? You watch Paris of the Caribbean, you watch Time Bandits, you watch Right, so Willow, what's wrong watch- with... I mean, they're little people, and they're being portrayed as little people. So I just thought it was a little bit like, uh, do we really need that hook for this? And little dwarves? people were employed anyway, because the... the, the oh, I don't tech- mean that. I mean, as the face of the dwarves, it right. would have been nice to not have to slap mega famous We haven't dudes. said what it is, but... Um, the technology that they use, and it's through a very, very, lots of techniques, is the actual dwarf dwarfs are people you will definitely recognise. Um, and I was didn't know that was going to occur at Mm-mm. all. I I'm, I'm not, I've never been privy to a trailer of this, or no, never. or maybe there was a trailer of this, but it didn't show you the dwarfs. It just showed you Charlize Theron. But I didn't, I didn't expect it. And when I saw the dwarfs' faces, and they're all people I know, because they're all British. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like I was like, wow, and and it wasn't horrible. Like it, like when I watched no, Lord good. of the Rings, and it's got some awkward um, or, Prev- or Benjamin Button and people like that where they try. Yeah, to this was them. like I or even a little bit of Captain America had a little bit of weirdness when it with a his little head. bit. That yeah. was weird, weird. Yeah, the first fifteen minutes of Captain America, you have to really kind of like. I just feel like if you're making a modern day quote unquote Snow White. And you're going to have seven dwarves in the movie. Why not use... Let them be the face of them. I just... I actually... Um, I felt like it was too much of a like hook to get people to watch it. I really liked it. And, uh, you know, if you think that it's a hook to let people watch it, what's interesting is I've never heard or seen it ever mentioned. The cover of the movie doesn't feature the dwarves at all. The, the movie posters don't feature the dwarves. So they hit it. If anything, maybe they were as a surprise when you watched it, because I never they didn't have those character posters because I just had a look. They had the Queen, they had Snow White, they had the Huntsman. They didn't have a poster with each of the dwarves on. You know, like they do in the theaters where they have character posters. There was none of that, so I don't know why. Because it was a big pull to me. I really liked it, and there's some of my favorite actors actually in the dwarves. Um, so I love the dwarves. I love the that scene, um, and you know. Charlize Theron's like the best thing she just eats this movie up she's like (laughs) tearing the screen up Um, I think she's you know I don't like her in everything but in this for example stuff I can't think of the name of it I liked her in uh, what didn't I like her in I liked her in Monster I can't necessarily say I like Monster though no of course it's horrible. I mean, it's earlier stuff. But anyway, this she—it's like she was born to play that role. She's perfect for it. I, I couldn't. I wanted more of her, and there wasn't enough of her. Um, the girl they chose to play Snow White, while I've liked her in the past, I didn't really like her in this. I don't know what it is. I can't. I don't think she was the right choice for Snow White. Why? You don't know why. No, it's, it's something was off with her all the time for me. She's trying too hard or something, I don't know. She's trying to be cool. A little bit. Kind of a bit. She's 
Kristen Stewart, the the girl from Twilight, like one, filled her up with too many buzzwords about reimagining Snow White and we're doing it modern take, and she's got to be a new kind of woman and all this kind of shit that probably just overfilled her cup of understanding. Which is how I felt she was portraying it all the exactly. time. Like stand cool, be cool, like a got to be heroic. She does this rousing speech, which I didn't buy at all. Awful. Like it was bad, wasn't it? Like it was like. I can buy rousing speeches in movies because it, it pumps you up for a battle or whatever, but hers didn't do nothing for me apart from like people bowing down to her because she's Snow White. But um, Chris Helms with her, uh, you know, and then the, the Huntsman himself, I really liked, and he's kind of it, the guy who plays Thor. He's kind of um, becoming the melee weapon guy of choice, isn't he? If you want somebody to, I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, it's Thor guy, but uh, yeah, he's fights with a hammer, he fights with a... What did he fight in this? It was an axe, axe. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so there was stuff I liked, stuff I didn't like. I think the special effects are fantastic in this movie. Like, I think the visual style of the movie is really good too. I like, just straight from the beginning, that the battle at the beginning where they all break up into shards. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that was unexpected to me. Because they played the beginning of the movie and then they were like, okay, you're on a serious version of Snow White. This is like Ridley Scott's Robin Hood. A serious version of the thing that you know. Oh, you didn't even know that? Absolutely not. Right. So, um, you know, there's this battle taking place. I expected to see a battle like I've seen a million times. You know, spears going through people, you know, gladiator, etc. And then it became this supernatural battle almost immediately. And I was like, wow, these special effects are great. And then the special effects just go... Bananas! I think they, I think it's got some really good moments with special effects. I don't think any of the special effects look hokey. There's a troll in it that is fantastic. It's yeah. better than anything from Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, really good. I mean, it's it's perfectly done. It's um, doesn't look weird at any time. Um, so I guess the only problem I have with the entire movie, and I like the story, is very predictable, but. How can it not be, really? Yeah. I mean, it has to have the Snow White kind of beginning, middle, and end. Exactly. Um, but it, yeah, it was predictable. And the only thing I disliked, I think, was Kirsten Stewart. That that was, to me, and she's Snow White, right? But the thing is about this movie, Snow White isn't really the main character. I didn't feel. I feel that the witch is the main character. She's what drives it all. Whereas, you know, obviously Snow White has to have a play in that, but to me, she's the interesting part. She's the interesting part, but I disagree that Snow White isn't the focus of the movie. I think the Huntsman is the... Because they have to go on this journey, like, from one place to another. I was more interested in the Dwarves and the Huntsman than her at any point. But is that just because you don't like her? I don't know. I don't know. Did you like her? Did you... Did that... Mm, it didn't spoil anything, but I'm not a huge... I felt like she was doing too much... Everyone kisses her ass probably at this point as an actress because she's been so hugely famous with Twilight and all that kind of stuff, right? She's Twilight person. And no one's willing to tell her that that was... Eh, can we do that again? Can we do that again? Because they're just, like, grateful they've got her. I th- that's what. I, that's the vibe I get. Because there were many scenes where she's not as good as the people around her. Yeah. Or she's not in it as much or something. Not that she's not good, but... See, that rousing speech, which was really bad, 
The Huntsman, Chris Hemsworth, he could have delivered it really awesomely, I think. And I don't think it... I mean, yeah, it kind of... Oh, yeah, we have to have Snow White do this rousing speech. But he could have actually delivered that speech. Yeah, but it had to be her. Well, no, it didn't. Yes, it did. Because her, her thing before was, how can I get? How can I inspire people? I can inspire people. And, and uh, that's so what I'm saying. I didn't buy right, that she did. It had to be her. It was, it was... Couldn't have been somebody else. She stood up. She did this speech. It was kind of semi-weak. It, it, I, I never felt from it. I never felt anything. You didn't, but that doesn't mean it's not a I mean, you're supposed speech. to. That's the idea right. of it, right? You're supposed to feel like, yes, this is this is it. This is the time. We go to a bat. We go into battle. But it didn't, and, and we've seen it in a million movies. A rousing speech, right? And it's usually effective. wasn't effective for me at all. And that was down to her, or was it down to my opinion of her? Or your opinion? See, of I, really, I like her. I mean, Adventureland. It's one of my favorite movies. I love Adventureland, and she's one of the main actresses in Adventureland. Um, well, Panic Room. She's fantastic the, in Panic Room. Welcome yeah, Welcome to, to the Rileys and Panic Room as well. You know, she's amazing in that. So I'm not disliking the actress, and I've not seen the Twilight movies, so I can't judge them. But in this, I would have picked somebody else. It's just weird to me. Like, it, she doesn't fit. Her whole attitude doesn't fit for me. Like, she... What do you want her to be? Like, more damaged or something? Or I think so. Or, yeah, maybe. You know, like, you know the girl they chose to be Alice in Alice in Wonderland? Like, I didn't know her at all. Mm-hmm. I remember she was, like, kind of unknown at the time. And she fit really well for me. She was the right level of damaged and heroic. This girl, I just felt she was, like, trying, like, all the time, bothered by how she stood and how she looks and how cool she is. Like, that's all I got from yeah. her. It's like, oh, I don't know. I've not seen the Twilight movies but I know they're kind of stylistic and exactly. all, all that. Exactly. She's been groomed to be... I think she's pulling from that, and that's what this role is, kind of. Um, so all the time I kept going, well, it's... You don't have to be all like that all the time. I, and when she was trying to be soft and um, emotional, I never got it at all. Like, it was... <sighs> this is, you know, the scene where she's walking through the forest and, she, and she's about to get tricked. Mm-hmm. And she's been all. She's kind of been. I yeah. Just, it, I just it just came across as like a real cheesy kind of. Kind of yeah. So that's all I got from her most of the time. Now there's a bit of a controversy that went on during this movie. Like a well, it's not a bit of controversy. What do you mean during the movie? During the making of this oh, movie, right. it's not a bit of controversy. It's a huge controversy, and it deals with Kristen Stewart. And um, does it really reflect on the movie itself? I'm. I'm just. Well, the co- anyway, the controversy is the director of this movie, Rupert Sanders, is married to the lady who's in the movie, who's Snow White's mother, you know, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's his wife. Now, during the making of the movie, he had an affair with Kristen Stewart, the director, and it put the, all their lives into this massive turmoil that's still going on right now, actually. Um, if, if you look in the press, it's a, she's kind of been damaged by it, Kristen Stewart... Saying you know, with the oh she's a home wrecker and the marriage is kind of splitting up and right. he's got kids with this lady and it, it got messy apparently during the thing and it actually in, went into the shooting the shooting of the movie got messed up as well near the end of it because of this big thing breaking out in the press so I think it's got this ugly underside to the that 
<laughs> when Kristen Stewart starts... It doesn't really affect the movie, though. No, I just wanted to mention about this big controversy that's bubbling under the surface. Because it's... It doesn't come across at all during the extras. And, like, even Kristen Stewart's talking about the director saying how awesome he is and stuff. Do you remember how, how she said, like... Um, I followed him around all the and time. And you probably think I'm really him. annoying. Like, yeah, that's kind of a... I don't know if that's before or after or what. I don't know. But it's a... Uh, so it's a fact that they had an affair. Yeah, absolute fact, yeah. In, in fact, it's everywhere. <laughs> like, go and look anywhere. About She's done interviews about it. She's publicly was frightened of coming back out after it was all found out and then she did some, you know, so it is a it is a real thing um, and weird a little bit weird, because she's way young isn't she, for him? I don't think so 20 he's years younger? Very... He's 40 she's got to be 20 years oh, younger she's, older than, she's over than, older than 20 I thought she was 18 or 19 don't think so no, she can't be, can she? Because she was in Panic Room when she was, what, like, 14 or something? I don't know. I don't remember. I didn't even remember that was her, but... She was the girl in Panic Room. And she was a little girl, like, I mean, not a little girl, but a teenager. But anyway, um, that's nothing to do with this movie. I just read about all that huge scandal, and it's affected the... Ne- There's going to be a sequel to this movie. It's also got affecting that and stuff, you know? Um, the next movie. You know... The, the scandal about the next movie is Universal have refused to hire Kristen Stewart for it um, but they don't want to mess up the movie and they're just not going to have Snow White in the next movie and have it as the Huntsman story and she's not going to be involved and this director's not going to be involved and it's going to but apparently it did well for them but this, this... you'd like it then because you didn't like Snow White yeah it's good for me it's a good, <laughs> uh, it's a good thing for me but um and I'd like to see the story of the Huntsman because he's pretty interesting and obviously not fleshed out ever. Is this? I didn't find him interesting at all. But no, I think he could be. I didn't. I just found if they him... invent an interesting either fall story or after story. But again, you can say that about any but any kind of character. You could, but I'm talking about this character, Chris Hemsworth, yeah. playing this guy who's, you know, this like a ninja for hire. A ninja for hire. Yeah. I guess I didn't get that. I just yeah, he's like a he's like an expert melee weapon expert. I mean, he's he's fantastic. Right. He will take anybody down with an I axe. just thought he was a hunter, and he goes in the forest, and that's why they hired him. Yeah, but he's like exceptional. That's the reason they hired him. Hmm. I, I mean, he found her like in, in a split second. I mean, he's a, he's like he's a, a hunter. Yeah, exactly. But he's also an expert melee weapon guy. That's the reason he fights with an axe. Oh, if I had an axe because he's a hunter. He does, but he fights <laughs> with it. He's fantastic with it. He's like a ninja. You saw him fight. Yeah, I didn't think... I just thought that was just movie magic, not anything to do with the actual character. No, it's about... That's what his character is. A hunter. Who fights like a bastard. <laughs> right. He'll take anybody down. That's what I'm saying. It'd I didn't think he was a ninja for hire, but... Well, he's for hire also. For hunting. Yeah. Right. Or hunting, hunting whatever you want. Men, animals. Oh, I didn't pick up any of that. Did they say that? No, I just gathered that because oh, he's right. so violent. See, I don't have that at all. I just got, he's a hunter and he's angry and he's been in wars and that's why he probably has a violent... And there you go. Let's, let's have that war then as the as the prequel movie. It'd be way interesting. Right, I guess I'm not interested in that at all. Like, it doesn't do anything for me. No. Well, you're going <laughs> to get a second movie, The Huntsman. So, um... Let's move on to the cast here. So Kristen Stewart, we talked a lot about her. She oh, plays, we did the cast. You were she, talking about She it. plays Snow White. She's not very good, in my opinion. Um, I do like her. I don't her, think but she's not, not good. I think that... 
she's given too much. And if what you're saying is true, 100%. It is. Then there is... That kind of feeds into what I was saying. That someone's not telling her the truth. And they're loving her performance for reasons that we don't think are great. Like, she's just, I don't think she's bad at all. I think there are moments of really good. But it's just her. She's been affected by other performances she's done. And that's what's left her with. We're left with that sort of, like you said. I'd have to watch Twilight to see if... It's kind of overly emotional. If she's, what, clip, if she's what I think she's like in Twilight, I could probably tell by about watching ten minutes of it. I can think it's like... Like too like cool Like Harlequin school. romance come to life kind of Like drama. True Blood. Yeah, overly emotional. But not no, not stuntedy like True Blood. But like overly no, like, stunted like people's acting is kind of... But trying to be cool all the time. Everything's about being cool. More like trying to be really... Smoldering? Tormented emotionally. That kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, well that's what she kind of pulls off in every role, right? The tormented kind Mm -hmm. of... Obviously, Welcome to the Riley's is really good, actually. Because she suits that role, to me. And then there was a Panic Room, which was just a... Adventureland. Which? Adventureland. Adventureland. She suited that part to me. She was a tormented teenager, right? Yeah. Who, you know, had trouble, uh, love troubles and stuff. It, it seemed right, didn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think maybe, yeah, I think maybe they asked a little bit too much of her. Or, it's, or just or not used enough. Her, or just used her because of the star power, you know? They like, didn't ask enough of her in certain moments. Do you think it might be one of them things, it's like Twilight's this billion, gazillion mm-hmm. dollar thing, so put her Absolutely. in this and then we bring same that reason, audience. Same reason Seth Rogen got to be famous. Same reason that the girl got to be Red Riding Hood, I guess. Yes. Or whatever she's called, Amanda Seyfried, because she's already got a base of but people. But unfortunately, who... she was okay in that movie. That movie just turned out to be bad. Yeah, which is the opposite. She could have saved it if it had, you know, lived up to her. Standard. So Chris Helmsworth plays the Huntsman, you know, you know him from Thor. I didn't even realize I that really was like him. him. You didn't realize that was him. How mm. could you not realize that? I just didn't. I just... It's almost the same guy. Didn't even realize it at all. He was all dirty and grungy and shaped different and he wasn't as big and... I don't know, I thought he was a pretty kind of a boring character, to be honest, because he was just tormented, emotionally broken, very violent... Uh, too many one-liners, and other than I like him kind of specifically, he didn't get a lot of great things to work with. I didn't think there was many one-liners. I did. Too many little jokey things. No, that was one of the things I admired about the movie, not being jokey. I thought it was quite serious, like, apart from the, obviously, when the dwarves turn up, they have some crack Right, and he crack rides back with them a lot. Yeah, but they didn't go a lot of it. Most most of the time, I was they very, stood out to me. I was very impressed how, you know, straight they played everything. Like uh, this is a serious. See, yeah, that was story. my problem. There were too many little, try to be funny moments when it's trying to be really, really dark and serious, because those stood out to me. And then um, Charlize Theron plays Ravenna. Ravenna. Um, she's the best thing in the movie, definitely by far. She outclasses everybody but it's the best role in the movie I mean she's got she's got the best role yeah, the brother's the got a pretty good one too because that's kind of psychotic as well the yeah brother. he's pretty good too um I didn't write his name down because I couldn't 
seem on the list. But yeah, she has a brother in here, an uh, English actor. He's also really good. In fact, mm-hmm. the scenes between them two are the best scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and any of the scenes involving him pursuing. Yeah, it's good. Because you don't know what the hell he's going to do, do you? He's like her male counterpart. Um, but yeah, she is amazing. It's um, one of the producers was saying about like an Oscar caliber performance that she's pulled off in the past. She's just doing an Oscar caliber. I agree. I think she was completely in that role. Oh like, yeah, totally. That. Um, and some people just ham it up when it comes to like a movie like this. But I think she got that this was a serious queen. I mean, she a little she, bit psychotic, a little yeah. bit broken, a little bit. Like maybe ate up by the magic and still trying to be human a little bit. Nothing um, charming or uh, funny or any. No. Nothing like that. It's just this black. Literally black in this movie. Um, Black heart. Yeah, who's, you know, like you think of out of a fairy tale. But but more dark than that. Like, there's no light to her at all. Um,. Ian, the, the dwarves are played by, I said earlier, people that we all know. So, Ian McShane. Uh, and they've got, the names of the dwarves are like Beeth, Mur, Gort, Neon, Dur. So, it's not like Dopey, Bashful. Well, no, they wouldn't have been the original book, would they? That would probably was the Disney um, f- must have thought those names were a bit dark and dim and changed them to the happy names we all know and love, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've got um, Ian McShane, Bob Hoskins, Ray Winstone, Nick Frost, Eddie Marsden, and the other guy I always mistake for Eddie Marsden, <laughs> the guy from This Is England, the horrible father from This Is England. He's also in there. Uh, Johnny Greenwood, or... Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. I always mistake him for Eddie Marsden, and then when I see them both in the same movie, it really I'm like, ooh, because they're similar type of actor also. And he's a... You know, if you got to... If you, Go and watch This Is England 86. It's the scene that he does in that movie. It, Not just one. Two, no, it's two really horrendous. <laughs> but he's really good at being horrendous. So I've got this... I have this thing about him. <laughs> like, even in this, yep. I have that preconceived idea of him. So, yeah, the dwarves all... They use this technology... We saw in the extras how they do it. It's a mixture of everything. It's way better than Peter Jackson did years ago. I'm sure Peter Jackson in The Hobbit everything will be fine now because technology's moved, right? But um, in this movie, I didn't see... It didn't. It looked flawless to me yep. all the time. I was like, how is Ray Winstone's head on that body without any weird Captain Americanness? It doesn't look... I'm, tra- I'm looking at it, per- and it's always perfect. There's none of that... Oh, there's just a tight, right, shiny section where, where it doesn't seem like he moves right. Everything's right. It's- Even when they use their doubles and everything, it all just looks right. Yeah, and then we saw, like, there's some parts where they're just walking on booster um, things and then they stand the other characters further back. So there's perspective, Correct. Um, practical um, effects as well. But the actual special effects, and I was looking really closely, I couldn't see ever where I was, oh, that's not right. And like I say, even those trolls... It didn't look like it was moving funnily or the rubber one dolly. Troll. There was only one. The troll, yeah. It didn't yeah. look rubber dolly or no, at no. any point. It, it looked looked, always looked real. Um, the enchanted forest with the fairies and everything. The, that the, See, that had a little bit of weakness to me. It's a little bit too... Everything else is trying to be really super realistic. And yes, I'll, it's supposed to be sort of a dreamy place, but it's too much. 
it needed less foggy corners and edges and more sharp corners and see I like the look of that but it wasn't it didn't match the rest of the movie and it should have matched at least the the type of everything I don't know it just felt like that was the weakest in terms of special effects I actually had a genuine moment and the fairies looked kind of weird and to me a genuine moment of shock in that scene too where, where I didn't foresee what was coming the right yeah because the way it was played, I was like, I was actually relaxed, and then something happens, and then I wasn't, <laughs> and, it, and it really worked. Do you know sometimes when that doesn't work because you can see it coming? Didn't see it coming. So um, that's my, the cast. There are a lot of extras. Obviously, it's one of those type of movies. A lot of people in this movie. Um, so it's directed by Rupert Sanders. Um, he's not done a movie before, but he has done a lot of commercials, and obviously some commercials that I'm very um, fond of so he did like the Halo live action commercials that you might remember from a few years ago and he's also he also did you won't but he also did the Call of Duty commercials he did a Call of Duty commercial last year where um, he had real people fighting uh, celebrities actually fighting in, in a Call of Duty thing um, and they're always really good commercials both if you look at both of those commercials they're like little mini movies like especially the Halo one so yeah, he's a, he's come from the world of advertising, and uh, he's actually the brother-in-law of Atticus Ross, who's uh, Trent Reznor's uh, writing partner for musical stuff. Um, I'm just giving you some <laughs> trivia about right. this guy, and his wife is in the movie. She's Snow White's mother, um, and I think he's really good. He's got this. Do you know Timber Buktominoff or whatever he's called? The guy who did Wanted, and um, he also did. Uh, Nightwatch. Yes. He's got that kind of visionary style to me. Hmm. Like I don't see it. Like the, it's really, really kinetic the way he films stuff. I mean, I'm not talking like handheld, but I'm talking like the framing, the like. Everything about it, like when he frames, like when the horses are running, the framing is like just, it's, it's got this, like it's skewed to the side slightly. It's all, it's really an interesting, I could, if he made another movie, I could point out, you know, like his style, like he's got this style. Mm-hmm. And I, I liken him to that guy, Timber Bekatov, the Russian guy who also has a distinct style if you look at his movies. Or somebody like Sam Raimi who has a distinct style. This guy does too. And it's obviously very slick and that's where the the advertising thing comes in, right? Because when you make adverts, they're very slick. And I see that in the movie. You know, this I movie... I like that was a weakness in the movie. So I thought it was really good uh, because it gave everything this almost otherworldly thing. Like um, Charlize Theron's throne room. It looked like a like a commercial type. Ex- yeah, that was my problem. I is liked that it. If you're trying to make it all seem real, and like you're trying to be too glossy and and cool, then it, you got to pick one. Like be over the top glossy and commercial and graphic, or be completely. Ba- See, I think it up really worked. Yeah. The I mixture just, of it. Those were the oh. things that stood out to me that kept I kept wanting to be like, ah, pick one. Don't be right. 
You know what I mean? Like, don't make it be dreamy. And then as soon as you walk out the door, we're back in the grunge and the muck with the people that are living up to their knees and horseshit in the streets. You know, like, that was one of my problems. So I'd really like to see him make a different movie because I I love his style. I feel feel like he'd make a sci-fi movie, a really fantastic sci-fi movie. Yeah. Or a, you know, even a war movie or something. I just like his style of shooting, you know? Um... So yeah, I really like him. There's that big scandal. It's horrible. Um, it might. I don't hope it doesn't mess his film career up because I think Universal. How could it really? If Mel Gibson's still going. Yeah, that is true. You know what I'm saying? Mel Gibson took. Mel Gibson was large enough though to actually shoulder all the financial things himself to make carry on. True. Um, somebody like this guy probably wouldn't have that luxury. But why would anyone steer clear of him just because he screwed an actress? It maybe they like. I mean, loads I don't want, of people have. Yeah, but it, if it happens on a film and then it's a horrible um, big flare up in the press and stuff, I don't think the stu- movie companies like that, right? Mm, I don't think they're going to turn away from giving him money, though. I don't yeah. know. It just might turn somebody else off and say. Like, like I never even knew, would have known he existed, except you just told me. And I didn't until I read into his backstory right. today, which I like to do for directors who I don't know. Like I wanted to see all the stuff he'd done and. It turns out the biggest thing in his career is this big blot on his career, which is this horrible affair that he's had. Um, so, um, Blu-ray... The Blu-ray is amazing, by the way. This is uh, how to do a Blu-ray. There's tons of stuff on it. I'm talking... Um, it's a two-disc. It's got the uh, Reinventing the Fairy Tale, Citizens of the Kingdom, The Magic of Snow White and the Huntsman, and Around the Kingdom 360-degree set tour. They're all really long featurettes. They break down into all these different... Were they really long? Because we watched several. Yeah, well, they were 15 minutes each. Uh, even the ones just on the dwarfs was 15 minutes. So, um, But overall, there's a, this is just a lot of features. There's um, U-Control, where you can watch a picture-in-picture a documentary as the movie goes on. There's a feature commentary by the director, if you just want to listen to a commentary by the director... There is uh, the universal second screen, so you can take your iPad or your Android device and it does all the um, <laughs> watch the movie and see concept art, etc. while it's playing. Um, there's the theatrical and the extended edition. I think it tells you where the actual running time of those. The extended version is not rated. The PG-13 for the other one. Oh. It says... PG-13, intense sequences of violence and action and brief sensuality. And then not rated version. This extended version contains material different from the original PG-13 rated. Correct. Very clear. Um, So, yeah, I really thought the picture and the sound was really good. Uh, There's some really good surround sound in here. Mm -hmm. When she talks to the mirror... Yeah, it's really good. And she's at the front of the soundstage and the mirror's at the rear. It's really good. It's, like, effective. Um, Plus the battles. There's a lot of... When the troll comes to life, you hear him... You hear your room shaking. You hear all the weirdness around you. Yeah, I thought it was really visually and audio. I think it's a really good movie. Um, A really good one to see. It says it will totally blow you away on the front. I wish The Brothers Grimm had been a better movie because it's such a fantastic premise. It is. You know, to take the people who wrote them and make it into a real story and try to implement all of the things. But it just didn't come off as good as it should have. 
Now, to sum up so Snow White and the Huntsman, I know I said I don't really like her, and um, I, but it didn't ruin the movie for me, Mm-mm. which is interesting. Because I like the movie enough, and Charlize Theron's just magical in it. And yeah. I think... Uh-huh. Yeah, lit- she really, truly is. Um, and I like the story, and I like the surprises along the way, and I was always in it. I wasn't bored of it. I was, you know, it, I think it was a really captivating version Definitely. of Snow White. Uh, and I, we've seen some, like we say, Little Red Riding Hood, um, or Red Riding Could Hood. Could have had so of, much potential. Kind of sticks in my mind as like, oh, these Hollywood film people don't get how to take the fairy tale and make it interesting. But I think they made this was more more like it for me. I think that uh, Shrek did it best. Takes all those fairy tales and children's stories and brings them to life in a funny and you know compelling way. So I recommend this, and I see nothing but hate for it when I was just looking around there. I can see why people hate it. I mean, I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, However, it has so many things that distance me from it. The thing about pick a style, and you're kind of up your own ass trying to be too cool all the time, and yet there are glimmers of grungy, I want to make a like truly modern view of this and yet here comes this commercial and here comes a commercial and here comes a commercial view of things it just was a mishmash and I love those parts in fact those were like when she goes in fine if that was all it was when she goes into the white substance right that kind of stuff that's obviously like a commercial but I was just it stands out too much from then all of it needs to be that it can't like you I I drop in and out of the the fantasy of it when it's like oh here are the village people and look at them they look like the they're really people. in a grungy torn down ugh, nasty place in medieval times and then boom you have this queen who looks like she's just been chiseled out of a commercial for a medieval fair like that's the but way that, I was thinking but that is also the no, I mean, the contrast of the style was what was pulling me in and out. I wanted all... If, they, if you made the village and the forest and all that just as um, graphic, you know, then I would have been totally with you because the forest becomes really mired in sort of a dream state because it's like you're getting shoots of these spores that are kind of... Yeah, we forgot to mention the world is uh, decayed and diseased because of the... Right, and nature queen. sort of flipped on itself. So this dark forest is kind of... I love the dark forest. It just doesn't fit in this movie in any way to me because it's bookended with over here we've got the mud and the grunge and over here we've got the battle of the the final people in a sort of overly staged medieval castle. You know what I mean? Like it all didn't... Each each segment I enjoyed and as a whole I enjoyed it but those were my weaknesses in it. It, also, it felt a little amateurish to me. See, it felt a bit to me like they also want a franchise out of this before it starts. I couldn't even imagine. Not in any way, shape, or form. That's how it felt a little bit to me as it was going along. What can? How can you have a franchise Well, we, they already signed for a second one. No, I'm asking, though. How could, I don't even see it. It doesn't make sense to me. She's she can Snow come, White. <laughs> yeah, but it can come back and... St- you know, you Only can. if you start pulling other fairy tales into it yeah something like that then you've got Shrek so you know yeah but a grungy real life version arguably without all the one liners so um cause Shrek is the ultimate one liner exactly and it's supposed to be and it's that from start to finish every single drop of it is that and that's why it's so good so in conclusion I really did like it 
I am um, f all the haters. Um, I don't. There's obviously things I don't like. It ain't perfect, but no. it really has some perfect parts in it. It doesn't rouse me enough, and that's what I like from these kinds of movies. A rousing thing of, I want to save the world. Like watching Never Ending Story, I'm, I'm, I'm traumatized that the darkness, the nothingness is taking over, and I want someone to stand up and, and rise up against it and save everybody. In this one, if this queen is going to take over the whole entire world, I didn't really have a problem with it. Like I was like, oh, she's horrific. However, the people trying to stop it aren't, getting me excited enough like rousing my like you know yeah let's rise up against the evil witch kind of feeling I thought it was, I thought I thought, actually thought it was pretty good I am um, yeah I'm saying it, it's good it's just that I got I didn't know anything about it beforehand and I really think they might have under advertised this movie or something because I saw nothing oh I saw it because uh she was a guest judge on who shall it called top chef so she, they had an whole episode where she was a judge and the people had to make like this really gory, bloody meal for her. And she was not in character, but she was totally portraying that. Charlize Theron. It was for this movie. Charlize Theron. Right. So it was to promote this movie where she was the evil right. queen. See, I didn't really see and anything. And they showed little clips from it and stuff. I, I mean, I knew it came out because I look at the box office uh, things on a Monday when they on IMDb and I saw the name of it. And I didn't know what it was really. I saw a picture of Charlie's Throne. I was like, "Oh, is it something?" What I actually thought was it was some. It was like a sequel to something to a Snow White thing that I have not seen yet. Mm. I didn't realize it was a brand new thing. So um, I don't know if they underdid the advertising or whatever. I don't know. There's been a lot of big movies this summer, though, right? And it's you know Dark Knight, Avengers, that kind of stuff. I don't know where it came out in the midst of all mm. that. Maybe it got swept away by all the other stuff. Um, but I recommend it. I think you should watch it. If you like this kind of fantasy, fun kind of movie, it is all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It skirts, has a kind of a cross... It's got, it's super it does fun. have a more of a serious tone than other ones right. that I have seen. Um, but I liked that. Thus. I'd rather it be 100% serious, though, than try to inject any sort of humor. I was impressed by how little humor they tried to inject. It was brief. It was pretty brief. I mean... Maybe you saw more of it than yeah, I did, but I think I did. I mean, them hiding the the dwarves hiding behind the horse and stuff was a bit mm-hmm. slapsticky. See those things jump out at me like yeah. it's unnecessary. That's the only thing I can actually think of, though. I mean, like the dwarves just hanging around the campfire and stuff, talking, and that, I didn't. It seemed natural to me, like they're all kind of crazy um, gold miners, funny chaps. Anyway, they make fun of each other and so I didn't really they didn't catch me alright so um, thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray do you recommend did you say you would I would recommend it to certain people yes well not to people who are going to be really snotty about it but yeah just to take it for what it is and I find lots of things that annoyed me, but overall, I like the story and adventure of it. So. I don't think it's for the little kids. Oh, no. Because it, it is much too dark and graphic. It's not violent, really. There, yes, there is some battle sequences, and but like you said about blood and stuff, it's not bloody in any way, because mm-hmm. it's this different type of battle sequence that you're not really... Yeah. Um, but there are... There is blood... Um, not a lot, but it's more the themes. 
and the way they're shot. They're not. It's not Disney princesses here. It's no, no, more no. like, you know, grim. How did the queen get youth in the cartoon? Because in this, she literally sucks the life out of young girls. How does she do it in the cartoon? I don't really remember the cartoon so well. Hmm. I remember the apple. Mm-hmm. And the apple occurs here, doesn't it? Did you hear the... Um, Nod to the Disney thing, the hi-ho thing. Did you hear the dwarf mm-hmm. say that? He said, uh, as they were walking through the into the sewers, the the dwarf at the front, which I think was Ray Winstone, said, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. Like, that to the other guy. And the other guy, went, all right, okay. Like, it, we weren't singing it. He was just saying it. Oh, I didn't even hear it. You know, he just said, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. It was pretty understated. He just I don't said, understand what Winstone says about 80% of the time, so I probably didn't understand what he said. I think it was him who said he it. He mumbles a lot. And I was like, yeah, there's your, there's your own... It was lost on nod. me, though, because I totally... I, I don't understand him a lot. I think he's fantastic. I'm not saying he's not fantastic. I'm saying I don't understand him a lot. He just sort of... You need to go to your Cockney... Um... It's not the Cockney, because I understand other Cockney people just fine. It's him, specifically. So, uh, yeah. Thanks to Universal. And uh, want to enter a contest? Go to iSchoolie.com. Enter some contests. Got three running at the moment. Next week's Blu-ray review will be... I don't know, because uh, we're kind of... It'll, it'll be a while off. We've got this weird time-space continuum going on right here. And who knows what will occur in between now and then. So I won't make a choice. So it'll be some surprise Blu-ray that you're going to be reviewing. The movie game. What's the movie game? Sid Talk. Movie memory one, two, three. One of us says to the other, name three movies with fill in the blank. And it's your turn to Kristen Stewart movies. Three Kristen Stewart movies? It has to be three, doesn't it? One, two, and three. Yeah, it can't be this one. Well, I think we've talked about them already. (laughs) Adventureland. Welcome to the Rileys. And Penny Crew. <laughs> you gave me my did, answers yeah. already. And Twilight 1, 2, 3, 4, <laughs> yeah. 5, and 6. How many Twilights are there? Six? I have no idea. I know that they split some of the movies into two, like Breaking Dawn Part 1 and Breaking Oh, I don't know. That's a, new, that's a new thing. And that's what they're doing. Oh, with. she was also in Into the Wild. There's one we didn't talk about. She wasn't. See, she was good in that, but because it fits her exact thing. Yeah, I don't want her to be the same all the time, but that doesn't mean this this worked. She could have been this, but with a, diff- a little more, a little more um, brooding and coolness. Don't do that. Less brooding, less coolness, yeah. and more maturity. And I don't know. Stop seeing this Snow White as this like kick-ass chick, and then you're going to be fine. That's the problem. Subtract that from your mind because she's not. And it might have unfolded a little bit better. Because if you've read the script of it, and you know... Because this is a young girl who's been kept in a tower for ten years. Yes. I didn't feel that she had at all. She's not traumatized. She's not afraid of anyone. She's not... Not that I'm expecting these things in my mind to fit it, but... She ain't affected Didn't explore that at all. And if you'd explored that for a while, that could have been even better. Even Entangled... You get a little more of the exploration yeah. of this young lady who's been kept in this tower for her whole life that she struggles and is kind of exploring the world like, oh, and mermaid. You know, when she makes it to the surface, she's at least more, I'm using Disney movies here, but in this one, there's zero, like there's no trauma seems to have been induced by her having been kept in a tower alone, alone for 10 years at least or more. Because she was only about nine years old when they put her in there. Even the Disney movie, what's that one called where she comes into the real world from the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Even that. Yeah. That's one of my favorite 
um, ones that I think is really good. Where she, What's she, the name of that? Not fairy tale or fairyland or. It's not be bewitched. Be mm, something like that, but I don't remember. The one with Amy Adams is it? Amy Adams. Yeah, she's a cartoon. She comes and then from she, a cartoon yeah. into the real world. I really like that one. I think it's really fun, and it messes with the. Everything went off. It messes with the. Um, a little bit. Concept of fairy tales and us, you know. So um, my computer won't wake up. So uh, movie recommendations for this week. I am going with number one. This is nothing to do with this movie at all, but I uh, need need to recommend it anyway. It's uh, the FX series Louis, which stars Louis C.K. He um, writes, directs. It's his own project. The whole thing. If you've not seen it. I think it's one of the best half hours on television for a long time. Every time Since I watch the it, British Office, in a different way. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think he's. It's like a. It's only twenty minutes long when you take the commercials out of it. But every week, I find it funny. Like it's, it's kind of a. Split up into segments, usually. Like, something happens, something happens, you know. And sometimes they're not related, sometimes they are related, the sequences that happen. This week, it happened to be all related. And what I read on his Twitter this week, he said it's a three-part show, this one we just saw. Which is called Late Night. Um, It's one of the best he's done, I think. Um, If you want to start somewhere, you could see this one. It's really good. But also, he he did one last season an hour-long special one where he went to Afghanistan to mm-hmm. with the troops. And it's a whole, like, standalone hour special. And um, that one's really, really good as well. But, yeah, it's it's just... It's a... It's hard to explain. It's mm-hmm. like... Some say it's like Seinfeld. I don't... No, absolutely not. Some say it is. Some are wrong. But it's more like... That's nothing to do with Seinfeld. No, it's more like it's an... Not- it feels like an HBO show to me, but not on HBO. Like Curb Your Enthusiasm is a prime example of... And I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's like real life, but it's not... Like, it's it's a different version of the real Louis C.K. It's not Louis C.K. But he's playing himself in the thing. But it's like a different version of him. But it draws on his own experiences kind of like the Larry David thing but it's a, a little bit different to what he is like um, I don't know because I don't really follow him that much but, but it's so well written like last week he had Chloe Savini on there he has guest stars every week pretty much um, who did he have this week? Gary Marshall Gary Marshall and Jay Leno um, the, the, the stars have been getting exponentially bigger each season also um, but it's on FX. It's called Louis. It's on on Thursday nights, I think. Um, I, if you like comedy, you like Louis C.K., you may have seen his stand-ups and you didn't realise he had a TV show. It's really good. It's a, and, you know, because it's on FX on cable, they don't mess about with... He'll, he'll um, you know, go into, like, interesting topics that normal vanilla TV probably would yeah. not cover, right? You know, he'll talk about... Oh, not just talk about... There's weird sex things. There's what else is there? I don't watch it very much. I've only seen it like three times, twice yeah. maybe. He, he, a lot of the episodes. If you're a if you're a man of around his like forty three, forty four year old man, and you've got kids, and he happens to have um, t- t- not teenage daughters, two daughters, like a a teenager and a like a fourteen year old and a like seven year old. I think she's nine. But yeah. um. If you're a dad with 
girls, I think you would get a lot from it because he covers that a lot because it's obviously a big part of his life. But um, yeah, so I'm recommending Louie. Nothing to do with this movie. I just wanted he had to another mention. show as well before on HBO. Lucky Louie, Louis, yeah. which was also really good and very similar. It was more like that was his stand-up come to life. If you yeah. watched him ever do stand-up before. This is more like his life comes to life, but it's got this little exaggeration on it, you know? Um, and my second one is uh, Ridley Scott's Robin Hood, which uh, we saw last year, year before. Um, really good version of Robin Hood. It's actually my favorite version of Robin Hood from all the years because Ridley Scott didn't camp it up in any way. He didn't play it for laughs. It was a serious look at Robin Hood in Ridley Scott's, you know, epic style. You know, most Robin Hood films camp it up in some way or be funny. Try and be funny. Especially the three that were made during the... Yeah, Prince of Thieves even has one-liners and kind of hokey stuff. It's not fully serious. Hmm, love to see it again. My recommendations are, on the other side of being serious, is I was trying to think of medieval period type of movies that aren't serious, but have a certain amount of playing it up, you know, the concept of medieval times. And Yellowbeard came to mind, Willow, and The Princess Bride, because they all have a certain try to do a funny take on the real grunge that was going on or that we perceive to have been going on and yet the stories are just like wild and wacky. Willow has some magic in it. Princess Bride has some you know. I would also add Monty Python's Holy Grail if you want a funny medieval. I mean as funny as it probably gets for medieval. I'm not sure about that. Time Bandits is another one. Uh, no, they does, travel around. Yeah, but there are some medieval scenes, especially with John. Cl- oh, Robin Hood actually. <laughs> they meet, they bump into Robin Hood, don't they? Um, there are lots of uh, medieval uh, funny movies, aren't they? Because it's like a, it's a prime thing to make fun of. Um, there was one, uh, Your Highness, just recently, with Danny McBride and. Um, Ugh. And uh, Natalie Portman. That was medieval, making fun of medieval movies or medieval times. Why is it making fun of medieval times? Why? Do you mean they're making fun of what? It's like a silly movie that takes place in the medieval times. Why would they make fun of a whole era? Well, that's what those movies do. That's what Holy Grail is doing. Or they're, just, oh, they're yeah. just making fun of, like... Because there's a lot of fun, funny stuff to be extracted from those era. Right? I guess never take it as the making fun of medieval times, but maybe of, like, weird things that humans do, you know? Like only only Monty Python could make dysentery funny. Right. Or the plague, or, you know, like, this shit that goes on back then that is, you could make fun of, or funniness. Um, you've never seen The Holy Grail? I don't think so. Not all the way through, anyway. It's like and if I the... have, I was probably young and wasn't really paying attention. It's so hilarious. Like, <laughs> they don't have horses in The Holy Grail. They just have... Good, yeah, I've seen that part. Coconut um, shells. A man with coconut shells who claps them together while you while you walk. Right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just bizarre, like completely bizarre. Um, so yeah, that's our recommendations for this week. Games and A-Scully stuff. Um, weird time-space continuum again. It's only been like two or three days since we last sat down and did a podcast, so I have played a couple of games. Well, no, I haven't. I've played one game, <laughs> to be precise. 
and that will be Zen Pinball 2. It came out on the PlayStation Store and the Vita on Tuesday. It's free to everybody. Um, it's a free game. Um, but it's not necessary. It's not actually free, but it is free. You download it for free. It's a pinball game. And uh, it's Zen Pinball 2. And it's full of pinball tables. Now, I think there's about 10 or 15 pinball tables included in the free download. Now, you can play them all, uh, the demo versions of all of them. And they include, like, the Avengers and Spider-Man and the real all these licensed tables. Um, and then if you want to keep the table so you can play the table all the time, you pay to buy the table. So, instead of them making you buy... 20 tables and only play three of them you can play them all and decide which ones you like so the new uh, table that they've just added is uh, plants vs zombies um, pinball so what I did is I just bought the plants vs zombies one which was actually very very cheap if you're a PS plus member it's like 99 cents so um, plants vs zombies you're familiar with plants vs zombies they don't make anything new plants vs zombies hardly ever They've announced a sequel recently, which will be coming out next year. But this is actually... PopCap gave the pinball guys all the assets for Plants vs. Zombies and said, make a pinball table how you would in real life. If there was to be a real Plants vs. Zombies pinball table, you make it in this game. And I can tell you, it's fantastic. It's got Crazy Dave, it's got the zombies, it's got the baddie guy, I always forget his name, in the big thing that you have to attack at the top of the table. Um, it's got the sunflowers, it's got little mini-games on the table where actual zombies start walking on the table and you have to hit them with the ball. Um, it's really well made, the music is perfect, it's obviously the music from the game. Um, and it play as crossplay, so you can play it on your PS3 and then play it on your Vita and it remembers your scores and stuff. Um, and it's absolutely free to, to play all the demos of the tables, so you don't lose anything if you just want to try it. Um, and when I say demos of the tables, it doesn't mean you play the Plants vs. Zombie demo and then you can never play it again. You can play it as many times as you want. You just get one ball. So you can play it with one ball. and um, right. If you're really good at pinball, one ball might be enough, right? You might have to buy the table. You still have to convince me that pinball has any skill involved? A lot of skill. <laughs> There's about... When you look at the flippers on a, a pinball table and where you when the ball is on the flipper... Wherever you hit it is a different place on the table. Now, the tables are mathematically designed, so there's about six places on the flipper you can hit the ball. And when you hit the ball, it will end up in a certain area. You have to figure that out. Like, if it's, if it's at the shallow end of the flipper, it will go here. If it's at the very end of the flipper, it will go up the ramps. Now, when the game of pinball actually starts to unfold, and it says, okay, the next thing you have to do is hit that ramp twice. Well, you have to know where to hit it on the... to hit the ramp twice. So the actual meta game of pinball, where it's like, okay, this is now open, and it starts flashing, and you've got to hit the ball in there. It's not a random scramble trying to put the ball in there. If you're good at pinball... I'd be randomly scrambling. Right, but if you're good at pinball, you can put the ball exactly where it tells you whenever you want to. That's the game of pinball and the skill of it. It's about trajectories and how fast your ball should be going to hit it in certain places. Yes, you can just flap... You won't do very well, though. So there is a lot of skill in pinball. And it's very difficult. It's not an easy game to play, especially not in real life. Video game pinball is actually a little bit easier to play because it's always the same, the trajectories. In real life... Exactly. It changes. It, 
it can be weird. It can just change. You can just hit it and think it's going somewhere. It doesn't go there. In video game pinball, it always does exactly what it does that did the other time. So that's then pinball two. Um, the PlayStation Plus has been uh, updated this week. So if you're a member of PlayStation Plus, you get a new free game, and the new free game is Borderlands, which is a huge first-person shooter from a couple of years ago. Borderlands 2 is coming out this month, so they've decided to give Borderlands as the free game this month. You know, it's a full retail game, so you can go and download that for free if you're a PlayStation Plus member. It's 4 gigabytes or something, so it's pretty big. Uh, And then finally, um, because it's like the anniversary of Metal Gear Solid, uh, Kojima stepped on the stage this week at some Japanese event and said, oh, look, we've got a new Metal Gear game. And it's coming on the PS3, and it's called Metal Gear Ground Zeroes, and it's the prequel to Metal Gear, all of them. And my God, does that game look good. Like, if I didn't know, I would think it was running on a new console. It's that good. But it's on what? PS3. Um, It just looks like something next generation. It looks so good. Now... He says it's not. He says it's running on a PC, um, which is the the platform that they use to develop for the PS3. Mm, okay. But it will be a PS3 game, and it will look just like this. If you go and see the trailer, it's um, Metal Gear Ground Zeroes. There's a 10-minute trailer. It involves gameplay. Kojima played it on the stage. It's a full high-definition trailer, so you can see every single paw and snake's face in it. It's just incredible. What it looks like is... Um, Metal Gear Solid's always been this very linear stealth game. It's like Splinter Cell. You, there's a guy, you got to get to him, and along the way you might have to kill some people quietly, or sneak around them. This is an open-world Metal Gear Solid game, where you do... There's a mission, but it's not linear. If you have to get to that tower over there, and you want to go anywhere before the tower, you can Right. Whereas in other Metal Gear Solid games, there'd be a guy in a tower and there'd be a straight corridor, and at the end of the corridor, there'd be the tower. It, there was never any veering from a path, it was basically a path. This is a big open world, so it looks really cool. It's coming out, who knows, he didn't say. It could be on the PS4 by the <laughs> time he's finished with it, because he's not one of those quick guys to finish stuff. So uh, that's it for games this week. There's some huge games coming out towards the end of September. It's gaming season now, it's just about to ramp up. So I'll be talking about lots of games then. And Sid Talk, what is for dinner? Your segment of the show. Explain what is for din- What is this? What's for dinner? Doesn't that seem a little self-explanatory? Does, but why are we? Why are we saying it? Um, just so I would have something to say, I suppose, at this point of the show. So you ask me what's for dinner, and I say, what's for dinner? That's tonight? not true. That's not why we. Uh... I always just thought that was it. So no, it wasn't you, just you made it up, right? Did I? Yes. You did. It wasn't nothing to do with me. Because you like to talk about... Because we would always end up talking about it so that I had something to say. That's why I always talked about what was for right. supper. And uh, tonight will be Amy's Pizza, which will be the margarita version and some soup that I found. A new kind of soup. Butternut squash, Campbell's, something or other. And some Who Knew cookies for dessert. I didn't should make any effort to get any Should we talk about Campbell's soup? Andy Warhol. Mm, not really. You... Well, I don't I, really care about it. I don't. You don't, but the listeners. Right. The thing is, though, you have this thing where you think because I love art that no, anything no. that comes up art that I'm gonna just like sort of. I thought it was cool. 
I disagree. I don't have any connection to this whatsoever. Anyway, I'll just explain what it is. If you go to Target... Let me explain it through my point of right, view. Right, Target. Target and Campbell's Soup are now going to make a series of cans made, of soup... They've already made it since ...that uh, represent a certain pattern of colors that Handy Warhol used in a painting. And they're using that then to sell, quote-unquote, collectible cans of soup. Now, I don't find that interesting. I don't think it's artistic. Well, I don't somebody think out there it's might, right? intriguing or compelling or... It's just exploiting a thing that people think is cool. I would have them as a display piece on top of the fridge or something. Why? It's not Andy Warhol, though. No, it's not. It's a big, huge corporation selling you something. That's it. And they're just exploiting the fact that you can't associate it with someone who your perception of him being, oh, king of pop art, which may or may not be necessarily true when you really study art. That's it. I don't. I think it's easy for people to fall for it. To be quite honest with you, if you want me to be blunt, then they're very cheap. It's easy for. Cents of, that isn't uh, even the point, really. It's just easy for people to go. Oh, how cool! Andy Warhol cans of soup. Doesn't do anything for me. I just don't see art that way for that particular thing. I wouldn't mind if somebody said to an artist or to me or some other famous current living artist, "Hey, how about if you sit down and draw or paint some really cool." paintings or whatever and we will make new Campbell soup labels out of them now still it's a corporation selling a thing however it's something new and it's applicable and it's not just digging through the archives and going hmm people already understand Campbell soup Andy Warhol cha-ching we can cash in it was for some kind of anniversary of it that's what it was right I'm saying I don't know if the money goes then to charity the or what. Saying, I don't know. It, I, I didn't, it could. It might. And, and I don't know. There's some reason for them doing it. It was an anniversary of that painting or I don't know. I just don't think things are cool because other people think they're cool. I, I, they caught my eye. I thought they looked pretty cool. There's four of Why them. Why do you think they're cool? Why don't you I've just always liked Andy Wall, print out like, the painting then? Well, just I don't find it. print out that painting. Why? I would buy the painting from somewhere, a poster of it or whatever. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Why not want the actual art itself? I do like the uh, Andy Wall. I've always liked it. I've always liked the, um, you know, that kind of reminds me of it mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, my nin- I'm pointing to my Nintendo picture. You know, uh, that's kind of pop art, isn't it? Not to me. <laughs> not it, to me. It is, though. It's, um, it's a... It's Nintendo's history of handouts represented in a colourful um, That is what it is. <laughs> There's no other label for it, really. That is what it is. But you and I, you don't know the depths of my art thing, so I can't ever explain it, really. I've never, ever had conversations with you about what I know about or how I think about art, really. You just know that I make some and that I like it, so. Um, and then my advice for the day is to be aware of yourself and your behavior and your reactions to things. Because if you are not and you don't make the effort, I promise you, someone has already beat you to it. Someone has figured you out before you are even aware of yourself. And it can be disillusioning about a person. We've been watching Big Brother UK and there's a lady on there who is completely unaware that her attitude and her behavior is completely self-centric and it is it's embarrassing that a person behaves in a way where they are in a bubble and they don't realize their behavior and how it like I'm aware of myself highly completely aware I'm aware of my uh, 
people's perception of me that I can be this or that. I'm aware that of my difficulties. I'm aware of my quote unquote being spoiled. I'm aware of how I communicate with people and what I expect of people and what they may or may not understand about me. Completely 100% aware of it. And I don't think everyone is. And it can be frustrating. So be aware of yourself. That's it. And thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about our websites, asquare.com, sitsaw.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook. And yeah, a lot of people have friended me on Facebook recently, so they must be hearing this. Um, uh, and, Is that your uh, scientific conclusion? <laughs> yeah. Xbox Live, YouTube. Uh, you can catch the podcast on the iTunes Music Store if you're an Apple person. The Zune uh, Marketplace, soon to be called the um, Xbox Marketplace, I believe. Uh, they think they're trading in the name Zune for Xbox. Um, so you can find us there you can find us on the RSS feed just go to com. click on the word podcast you can subscribe and everything you want to do there email me at dot email sidtalk uh, stay classy Charlize Theron uh, two movies this year I think she was exceptional in Prometheus and this one um, and I'm going to say think for yourself because if you don't do it someone else will do it for you 